If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, and you are listening to Parenting Hell with... Zafia, can you say Josh Whittacombe? Josh Whittacombe. <laughs> and Rob Beckett. Rob Beckett. Oh, yeah. That was cute. There we go. French. There we go. There's, I think maybe there's a second one. I don't know whether this is a different file. Should we try yeah, it? Yeah, give it a bash. Zafia, the same one. Say... They've, said, they've said the same one twice. The French way. The French way. So that is uh, Zafia. Yep. And uh, her dad, Marcin. Marcin from Corby. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have that accent in Corby. You ever been to Corby? I've been to Corby Robbie. It's, it's a tough old gig. It's all Glaswegians. It's all Glaswegians. Full of Scots. Full of Scots. Loads of Scottish people move down there to work in the mines and the mines shut. Yeah. If is a little tip, it's quite a niche tip. If you're ever struggling on stage in Corby, just rip the shit out of Kettering. They hate Kettering. Duck, you could do an hour on Kettering. They'd love it. They'd lap it up. Yeah. A would have a bad gig in Corby. Oh yeah. Not just because he's from Kettering. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Love the podcast. It helped me through the night shifts during lockdown with a smile on my face. Here's a recording of my three and a half year old. Uh, today she filled her pom pom jar for the first time. Woohoo! It took a while. Fifty three pom poms in ten weeks. Jesus, ten weeks. That's a hard <laughs> taskmaster. God, ten weeks. That's commitment. So what's she getting? Huge thank you to Rob for inventing it. It's my only weapon against her. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Love you guys. All the best, Marcin and Zephyr. Zaf- uh, from Corby. I would say I cannot take credit for that. Lou um, invented it in our house. I imagine other people used a pom-pom jar. I don't think she invented it, but Lou brought it to me and then I've just, I've just, I'm just a messenger. Lou's, you're Lou's just, the queen. You're just spreading the word. Lou's, Lou's a parent in legend and I'm only half good because I listen to her. Basically, that's how it works. Well, you promised us a voice memo from <laughs> Lou Rob. I'm still trying to get her. I'm going to try and see if she'll let me play it. But I think I'm well, let's do it. it and then we can so always So basically, we've got, it. right, this cat, Big grey cat, the kid's called Fluffter, very friendly, comes up, yeah. Lou started feeding it, giving it dreams. Well, treats. your own worst enemy there. Thank you, that's what I said. They stroke Fluffter, they like Fluffter. Fluffter started coming in the house, Ooh. eating Alan's food, our other yeah. cat, well, our actual cat. So I've been going, no, and shooing it out, right? Get out, get yeah. out, get out. And We've got that then, situation. And then he's been beating up Alan outside, <gasps> right? The other day... Very embarrassing. I needed my hair cut. My normal guy couldn't do it. And then my brother couldn't do it because he's he was up in town because he works in a barber's now. So I got this yeah. new guy to do it. And I never met him before. A little bit slightly awkward with a hairdresser in it. He came to me because I was really busy with work and Legoland. Yeah. He comes in my front room. Giant lump of cat shit in the corner of the room. <laughs> oh, my God. I pick it up. I'm like, oh, sorry, there's cat shit. And the, and the house is a mess. Come, it's really bad, right? Yeah. Anyway, sit down for the haircut. After 10 minutes, see another pile of cat shit. Oh, my God. So now we think Alan's got something wrong with him. He's never done this at all. He's got a cat flap. He can go out. We've always got the back door open as well. Like, he's, is, he, he's, is it because he's nervous? No, it's not because he's nervous. Okay. Right. This is what we thought happened. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, God, poor Alan. And then we 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 clear we completely clear out the room, tidy it up. We can't find him. There's two big lumps of cat shit, yeah. right? And this is um, what I get this. I'm on I'm on Radio 2 at this point. And Lou sends me a message and I open it up and I'm on loud. And this nearly gets played out on Radio 2. But I sort of stop it just before it does because I didn't know it was a voice message. But Lou um, sends me this. After, back door shut, cat flaps locked. I've got 
I've got the upstairs windows open to get some air in. She climbed in through our fucking window and I was like trapped in the house. I, th- I think she's gone back out the window because I can't find her in the house, but I can't get the back door open in time. Like, you cheeky <laughs> Like, get out of my house. Honestly, I might have to put, like, I don't know what the owners would do about it, but, like, put a picture of her on our road group and be like, whose cat is this? Because it's terrorising my house. <laughs> road group? Stupid little cat. I think she's definitely shot in the living room. I think it's her. It's not Alan. He doesn't do that. <laughs> oh, there's a lot to pick out of that, Rob. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, first of all, are we going to bleep the sea bomb? Well, I, I I think it added I think it added a, a, a slight texture to it. Like I, in Lou's, I've never heard Lou say that word. Has yeah. she put it on the road group, Rob? What? Not and, that voice and, message. No, I've, voice I've, I've, I've not never, that word. I've never heard to her to say that, right? But yeah. Lou is very house proud, and if there's two lumps of cat shit in your house, yeah. and of strangers seen it, Alan doesn't do that, Rob. Alan, Alan doesn't, doesn't do, do that. that. Right, so what's been happening is the cat has been climbing in through the window and then not been able to get out in time to go to the toilet until we come back. Or so it's been doing shits in our front room. Yeah, you can get through the window but not back out again because it slips down the. Anyway, you've got, you've got to blame the person that fed it in the first place, it's Rob. Lou's fault. Anyway, I, in Lou's defence, she's very angry then, but I think she'd found another pile of poo. Yeah. And that day, right, that day, I was out working all day. That was when I did the radio and I did this TV thing. I was out from seven in the morning to like midnight. Yeah. And the kids were playing and Lou wanted to sort the house out because we'd been in and out, back and forth, and the house was a mess. She, guess how, she was in, she never left the house. She was indoors, tidying up. Guess how many, guess how many steps she did? What do you mean? She was in, so she never left the house. She never left the house. She didn't go for a walk. Never went anywhere. There was indoors all day. The kids were yeah. playing all day, having a lazy day. And Lou sorted the house out. She did all the like all the washing, moving stuff. Touch. Just did a proper like almost spring clean of the house. Guess how many steps she did? How many? Fourteen thousand. Fourteen thousand in her own house. And 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 our house. It's not like we live on an ten thousand. What you meant to, meant to aim for, isn't it? 10, yeah, ten thousand is what you aim for when you're like commuting and walking around, going to the shops. And you have fourteen thousand in her own house. And we've got. And she didn't go up. In, she wasn't in the garden. She was just in there. And the house is. It's a fair size. It's a four bedroom family yeah, house yeah. so it's a fair yeah. size house but it's not like one of these footballer mansions houses where you're walking down a big entrance hall it's just a normal house no exactly it's not an airport it's not got, you've not got those travelators to cut down on steps that is insane i know it's true so oh, i think God. she was quite stressed but she's let me play that but she does say the c word but yeah but let's be honest rob this was during radio two she yeah. was barely three thousand steps in by that point imagine what the mood was like by the evening I know, but yeah. So then I, I saw her when she came home. She'd calmed down. She had a glass of red wine. But uh, yeah, this cat is uh, ruining our life. So I'm gonna have to sort it out. I've got two questions. Go on. Did Lou follow through on putting a picture of it on the on the road group? I don't know. I'll go and uh, to go, uh, I'll ask her now. And second question: What kind of traffic? No pun intended. Is the road group doing what what kind of whatsapp group is that it's a lockdown setup one that now very rarely gets used and i'm oh, all right okay okay fair enough fair enough on the, on the group uh yeah but we can we can we can bleep the c word i've never heard her say that it's really a very out of character for her but she 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 had it up to here and has the cat been back since well it tried to come in last night and i chased it she she tried to come in the house and I said go away but if you say go away or clap she will just walk past you yeah. So I've, I've just picked up. Have you, have you a, thought about setting booby traps like Home Alone? Because that does feel like the only way you're going to stop this. Well, yeah. I've, well, I've just I've been putting um, grease on door handles anyway for a laugh, just <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm potentially going to sort of set up some sort of trap. No, I'm, but I've just been sort of like banging like a pot in a pan just to scare it off a little bit, just so it's not knows it's not yeah. welcome and go back to its home. That's okay. Yeah. Though, I'm not going to get cat lovers giving me grief, am I? I don't think so. It's sitting in my house. Josh. I don't think you you need to offer an open house to all neighbourhood cats. No, I was quite happy with it coming and sitting on the doorstep and we feeding it and we sit in the garden. Oh, but this well, is there you go. It's very, it's very difficult. You <laughs> give a cat an inch, they'll take a mile, Rob. Everyone that's, knows that. That's what everyone says about cats, isn't it? And what, have you learned your lesson about feeding cats, Rob? I've never fed the fucking cat. She feeds the cat with the kids. I've never fucking, I don't want to, I don't even like our cat. I don't want another cat, Josh. <laughs> Sick of it. Is it a stray? It's a, we had a stray. It's a fattish stray. I tell you what, if a if a stray shits like that, I wouldn't want to see it fed. <laughs> we had a stray, and I took it to the vet. Yeah, because it was in our garden for about two months, right? Yeah, we, we'd started feeding it, Rob. Of course you had. And I thought I should just take it to because I don't think it's got a home because it's there when we get up in the morning and it's there, you know. Yeah. Took it to the vet, 
and uh, to see whether it was chipped. Was and it chipped? Came, it was chipped. And they said, we're going to keep it and give it to the person. Yeah. And then they said, do you want to come in and say goodbye? No. No. <laughs> I don't want to stand in front of a vet and have an emotional scene with a cat. You should. You should have gone in yeah. and said, yeah, I do. And yeah. turned up and then looked it in the eye and said goodbye. And then just kissed it on the lips. <laughs> Just to see what the just to see what the vet would do. Have we got some Instagrams? We have. We've got a load of Instagram Go messages on. here. Okay, so um, you know I had a terrible time with the basketball hoop at Pepper Pig World. Yeah. Because it was oval, apparently, allegedly. It's yeah. like an oval hoop, so it's harder to get in. Anyway, so this is what they've got this one here. Hi guys, just finished listening to the podcast. I have some information that make Rob feel a little better regarding the Teddy basketball shoot fail. Basically, I spent 15 quid and missed every one yeah. and my kid cried. Merry Christmas. Uh, this is a way to break the system without playing. If you enter the theme parks early, head to the stands first thing and simply ask how much to buy. Usually, this will cost you 20 to 25 quid, but storeholders use this as a free marketing for the stand. So, oh, so you go in early and buy it for 20 or 25 quid and walk around with it and people go, oh, it must be easy to win. Oh, just, wow. Just think of all those times you see mainly tired parents walking around theme parks clutching their winnings. I hate to break it to you, Rob, but most of them are a lie. Oh, no. I hope this makes you feel a little better because it makes it look like it's easy to win. Oh, you fuckers. Unbelievable. Love the show. Thanks for keeping me sane while battling daily with a seven-year-old son with additional needs and a 15-month-old lockdown bubba. Keep up the good work. Thanks for the tip. You made me feel a lot better. That is a great tip. I, I wouldn't buy it, though, because what were you trying to win again? A giant teddy is quite yeah. bad, the teddy. It's so massive. You don't want that the whole day. It's, it's, so, it's too big, Josh. What would you do with it? Do you know what I mean? To be fair, mate, wandering around a theme park with it, you do feel powerful. Yeah. There was there were alpha men walking around that, like yeah, I can see just it. like having a Rolex on, just like, yeah, mate, I've done it. If you could get a giant teddy wearing a what you want is a giant teddy wearing a Rolex, Rob. The <laughs> yeah, Rolex yeah, that's the that you've got step. out of one of those machines where you have to uh, send the claw down. <laughs> I'm thinking about buying a fake Rolex. Oh yeah. People might assume it's real because <laughs> I'm <laughs> on the telly. And then you don't have to spend a load of money on it. <laughs> Do it. I, might, I don't think I'm going to buy anything designer of again. I'm just, I might just go to Turkey what do you or mean Dubai. Again, Rob, I've, I don't. I don't relate <laughs> you as a man who's who's covered in designer labels. No, I'm not really a designer guy. What designer clothes have I? I still count like Reese as designer, but that's not really designer. Sort of high end, high street, isn't it? <laughs> what designer stuff have I Next. got? <laughs> Next. Next. Um, no. Uh, what have I bought? What have I bought? I bought some Yeezys. Oh, did you? They're a Did bit you? pricey. They're like a couple of hundred quid. Yeah. But I look mental in them. Um, no, really, Lou sometimes will at Christmas, I'll treat it to a designer bag or something like that. Yeah. But the problem is then I just get like, and she wanted a pair of flashy trainers for Christmas, like Balenciagas, right? What, and obviously I buy them for yeah, I buy them for her. Like, I'm not a big Balenciaga trainer fan. I don't think they, I just look mental, I think, but Lou likes yeah. them. Anyway, now, because I bought them, now I get weird messages of like, because I've got my details, We've got from Balenciaga emails, got new drop of new trainers. I'm like, I literally bought a pair once for my wife. I am never going to buy them ever again. I know more about the new Mulberry bags than anyone else in the country. The mailing list that you're still signed up to after one purchase is so annoying. I went to watch Nottingham Forest and I I had to join some kind of Nottingham Forest mailing list. I don't give a flying fuck about Nottingham Forest. I was just on tour in Nottingham and I had a day to kill. And every week I'm getting an email about tickets to Nottingham but Forest But I never games. press unsubscribe. It's such an easy no, fix. I, I, no, I just need to unsubscribe. I need to... But when is that going to be my priority? I got offered a Burnley season ticket yesterday. Yeah. I don't. I live in London. I don't like Burnley. I'm not going to buy it. Did I unsubscribe? No. I'm still getting yeah, it. Yeah, of course. It's like the thing that is currently in the top corner of my computer saying, do you want to do updates? Remind me tomorrow. I am never fucking doing those updates, mate. If you did, you might be able to download the voice notes a bit quicker. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I'm I, my own worst enemy. But there is never a point where I sit down to work and I think, I should do those updates. <laughs> yeah, I'm never at my computer killing time. No. I'm never like, oh, God, I've not got much to do, actually. I might do an update. Yeah, to-do list, tidy house, 
Update computer. Absolutely <laughs> never done it in my life. It's such an easy thing to do as well. It's Just so press easy. it and leave it. But it's like, we're going to have to turn the computer off and back on. You're like, I'm out. Oh, I'm not doing that. I prefer a slow computer forever, involved please. in that witchcraft. Yeah. Um, well, maybe that's a good one. Any any random mailing list you're still yeah, signed up to, let us, know. let us know. So I've got this penis extension one, and I've already had it done. How long <laughs> do you want my dick to be? You can't put an extension on extension, can no, you? exactly. You don't want to do the full six inches, do you? <laughs> oh, it's a lot of fun, this Four show. and a half is enough dick. I've always exactly, said it. Exactly, exactly. Um, now, um, oh, we've got another one here. Da, 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 da. Oh, hi, Rob and Josh. This is from Katie Louise Haley. Um, I don't know if that's a name or three people with one Insta account. Um, Katie Louise Haley there. I've just listened to your episode with Baba Tunde, and it reminded me of a strange way I used to comfort my son. As a, this was a Babatundi's son likes to put his hand under oh, yeah, his armpit. Yeah, of course. Um, as a baby, he was a terrible sleeper and we struggled to settle him. For a few months, the only thing that worked was laying beside him and letting him scratch my teeth until he fell asleep. Oh, I'm pleased to word. say he's now two and has totally grown out of it. P.S. Love your podcast. Thanks for the laughs. But Katie Louise Hayley with the teeth scratch. That is a weird one. That's really weird. Also as well, because I've got big teeth, but it still yeah. feels like there's not enough space for a scratch. No. That is an odd that's one, a, That's isn't a jaw-ache, isn't it? Jaw-ache, oh, that one. Oh, the last thing you need when you can't get to sleep and your baby's Imagine scratching. Imagine having to with your teeth oh, out God. trying to get your kid to sleep. Like, mm. Oh, God, he's almost there. I do want to have a drink, but I can't because he's scratching my teeth. <laughs> We've got another tooth-related story, John. Yep. Um, hi guys, this is from David Belfast. Um, hi guys, I have a two for late story. My mum, who's 73, was having chest infections for quite a long time and eventually got a scan done. They found a small black shadow and we Uh-oh. feared the worst. Yeah. On a closer inspection, they decided on surgery to check it. They opened her up through the ribs, opening her lung to find a tooth lying inside. Oh my they God. They said it had been there for when she was around nine. No. It must have fallen out when she slept and went into her lung. Oh After my God. After the surgery, she kept the tooth. Happy to send you a picture no, of this small no, black monstrosity. No, no, no David. thank you. Oh, God. That's the kind of thing. That is the great anecdote your first time you hear it and when she tells everyone. But when you're going around with your mum and she tells the tooth story, oh, and you're like, man. oh, God, here we go, mum. Oh, but, um, you know, that is brutal. A tooth in your lung. Do you get this is really random? You people, listeners of the podcast sometimes say things back to you. Like, you know, sometimes yeah. people quote things from your stand-up or a thing you've said on yeah. telly. But because it... You know, we, I don't really think about what I'm saying on here. It's just a conversation. I sort of forget I've said it. Some bloke come up to me in the street and went, lie am I? And I went, what are you talking about? What? He went, lie am I? But no, nothing else. Just lie am I. Pointed at me, lie am I? I went, what are you talking about? He went, lie am I? And then he went, the podcast, lie am I? I went, oh yeah, the bloke who put lie in. But I, had, I, had, I felt it was like an out-of-body experience. Just lie am yeah. I? It's so weird, stuff like that. <laughs> what we haven't really tried to do but have ended up is people know so much about our lives now (laughs) i know it's It's so weird but they come in with like half a conversation like how was that you know pardon or they'll go dragon ride backwards what oh yep yep also because people listen to podcasts like out of sync yeah so people will reference something you did a year ago and like you go Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, they'll say like, my daughter will, but they'll go, oh, well, she potted her now, is she? I was like, yes, that was back a year ago. I was doing, <laughs> she's just shitting on the floor. Um, right. Um, should, we, should we do one more? One more. One more. One more and then we'll um, get Chris McCausland on. Okay. Hi, guys. I've listened to all your podcasts. Now they've saved my sanity through lockdown. I'm a granny of two, mum to three, and thought you might like a hint. To extend the pom-pom jar, I let my angels <laughs> pick something they really want within reason. My oldest boy loved Brio, for instance, so a larger Brio thing, e.g. an engine shed. Get either a picture or write words out, then cut them into six or eight, depending on the price, and then every five to ten pom-poms, they would get a piece of the picture when they uh, earned all the money, I would buy it for them. Sounds complicated, but really focused their behavior. Yes, yeah, so they can visually see it. That's, That's happy. good. That's, oh my God, we are pimping up the, the, the pom-pom jar. That is a great jar. way It's a pom-pom jar it. pimping. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's like a jigsaw. It's like you're doing a jigsaw. Basically, Kathy is saying, pimp your pom-pom jar. Yeah. You basically created a sticker album there. That's what you've yeah. done. Yeah. So basically, if you got, say your kid wanted like, a, well, trampoline's quite a big thing, but maybe it was a new a new Playmobil set. You take a photo of the Playmobil set, cut it up into sections, and for every, whatever you work out a system, they get a piece of that picture and can put it on the wall 
behind the pom-pom jar or on the pom-pom jar. I love it, Kathy. Love it. Great tip. Great tips today, guys. Um, right, Chris yeah. McCausland, Josh. Uh, absolutely brilliant. I'm obsessed with this guy, Chris McCausland. Brilliant comedian, lovely guy, um, and dad, ideal for this. Yeah, perfect. Um, really funny bloke, really enjoyed the interview. Um, top fella as well, Chris McCausland. He's on tour. Go and see it. He's brilliant at stand-up. Enjoy it, Mr. Chris McCausland. Hello, Chris McCausland, and welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. Plodding along. Plodding along. Thank you um, for doing it, Chris. Nice one for asking us. I mean, me, 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 you know, what, what episode was this going to be, mate? It's taking you a while, hasn't it, to ask? No, oh, no don't, oh, don't give me that shit, minute. Chris. I've texted you loads of times. You keep fobbing me off. I mean, don't I, make me read the messages. Who did you have on the other day whose kid was two weeks old? Who, 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 who was it? McCaffrey. McCaffrey. <laughs> McCaffrey. Seven, mate. Seven. <laughs> No, look, don't you dare. Don't you dare do this. Here we go. Look, no, I'm going back. This was ages ago. 26th of February. You asked me if I had a microphone. Thanks so much for coming on then, eventually. Um, can you explain to the listeners your setup, children-wise? This is where we find out you don't have any kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got, I've got one, one daughter. She's seven. Um, she's at school right now, thank God. Um, and and that, that's it, mate. I um, Do you know, like... Sometimes, like you, you quite often hear of it when people have a second kid, and the, the second child isn't as easy as a baby as the first one. Yeah. Welcome to my world, mate. Welcome to my world. <laughs> living it now. Yeah, well, they, they say <laughs> literally living that experience as we speak. <laughs> yeah, I do know what that's like, actually, mate. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> I'm sure you've said this, Josh. You've said, Just so you know, Chris, this was my fucking break from that, and now you've brought. <laughs> Well, oh, I am gosh. sure. I'm sure you've said if it, if it had been the first one, I don't think we would have done it again. I'm sure you. I'm sure that's come out of your mouth. Well, for yeah. us, it it was the first one. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, why was it so tough then? In the first one, what was it? Not sleeping? Just, uh, just. It was like, honestly, it was like living in Guantanamo Bay for a year, mate. <laughs> it, it was her. Horrific. I mean, she's a she's she's a joy now. I mean, she's getting to the age when you know, in not too long, she might be able to browse po- podcast libraries and find this. So she's a joy, mate. She's an absolute <laughs> joy. But now, as a as a as a baby, she literally didn't sleep until oh. I think it was two or three days before her first birthday. And when I say didn't sleep, I meant it was just horrific oh, every my. night for a year. Um, oh, what did you do? Asking for a friend. I, I found myself taking. I, well, I found myself taking gigs that just weren't financially viable, mate. <laughs> just to get out. Of I, I I found myself basing my uh, my stand up diary on what at a hotel. <laughs> so was your was your wife working full time or was she off on a year's maternity leave? How was how was you splitting up the duties? She had like ten months off. Um, yeah. And then as we got up to the. Um, so my daughter was born the very beginning of September. She was on that cusp, do you know, do you know where you, you kind of, um, she was due at the end of August. And mm-hmm. if they're born at that time, like the long-term kind of prospects are that they, they struggle in school a little bit more. Oh yeah, you're more. gonna, you're, you're, right, you're a write-off. Write those kids <laughs> off. Ab- absolutely, mate. So we were like, oh, well, I hope she, I hope she kind of stays in that, like hangs on till September, <laughs> just to give her a fighting chance in life. <laughs> Um, and then, and so she held on to the third of September, and then um, obviously, when you get four years into the whole thing, you find yourself thinking, "I've got a whole another year of childcare to pay for. Why? Couldn't... <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't you just come out when you're meant to?" Um, so um, she was born at the beginning of September, and then my wife went back to work. Be- I don't know when, mate, maybe beginning of August. So maybe yeah. she had 11, 10 and a half, 11 months off. So we we, we found ourselves doing this. Uh, my wife found this sleep trainer. Now, I, I'm like, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm like you a little bit, Rob, you know. Where are you from? You're from Essex, aren't you? South East London. It's basically the same. Ah, uh, there you go. I'm from I'm from Liverpool, mate. I reckon we're kind of the, the same level yeah. of riffraff, right? Yeah. And, Excuse um, me. How dare you not? <laughs> I'm salt of the earth, mate. He just spat out his oatmeal tea. <laughs> Devon, I, and then East London. Josh, Josh, I, 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 I don't think I could. I don't think I could put anyone that probably had proper fresh clotted cream on a donut before they were ten in the same bracket as myself. <laughs> a donut. A donut. <laughs> He's so scouse. He's not. He can't even bring himself to say scone. It's scone, mate. Scone. Scone. Um, Fucking scone. 
Um, so we uh, she found a sleep trainer. What a load of bollocks, mate! Right, I was so set up for it. What a load of shite! I'm not paying money. I thought this woman was going to have to come and stay in the house and train the. I was like, how do you teach a kid how to? It's like having a horse whisperer or something, isn't it? I, I was furious, right? And then my wife goes, no, she doesn't do it. She doesn't come around. She does it over Skype. So I was like, okay, so I don't have to have her in the house. That, and that was make it cheaper, wasn't it, right? So it was like 400 quid for this woman to do these regular Skype things. And she told, like she said, the baby doesn't know how to lie down, how to put themselves to sleep. So when they wake up, they call for you to do it for them. I was like, well, it, may, it makes sense, but like, I can't see how you teach a baby to do that. It's a baby. It's basically just like an ornament that needs feeding, isn't it? <laughs> and um, I mean, they're not, <laughs> you know what I mean? They just, <laughs> you don't interact with them much beyond just keeping them alive. <laughs> um, anyway, so we went through this whole thing with this, uh, with this, with this woman. Um, teaching this, um, trying to teach this baby how to put itself to sleep, and um, and it fucking worked, mate. Did and it? I, I was both, I was both so like happy and also furious that I had to acknowledge that this load of woo might have. <laughs> what was your plan? You were just going to see it out. Uh, well, maybe it lasted a year. <laughs> You prefer 400 quid to sleeping at night. That is an astonishing uh, decision. No, no, no. I, d- I, I just didn't think it would work, mate. Yeah. I mean, if you just said to me, 400 quid and your baby will sleep, I'd have gone, I'll pay you a thousand. It doesn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? But to say, oh, there's going to be some um, woman on Skype who's going to teach your baby how to sleep and all she wants is 400 quid. Piss off. I'm not giving a crazy old woman 400 quid <laughs> to talk to the baby over Skype. <laughs> And how quickly did it sort it? Oh, mate, it took it took like a few weeks of just um, you, you start off doing these little things, and then and slowly you have to work your way further away from the cot. Yeah, it got to the point where like you're kind of sat in the doorway to the bedroom. Oh, I know people that have done that thing where the, oh, the chairs mate. further and further, and it works, doesn't oh, it? Oh, mate, I... it does work. I mean, there was one. I remember one night I was lying half in the bedroom, half out, so my head was just inside, <laughs> shouting, "There, there, God." <laughs> Um, and it and it and it, it worked, and I I was kind of like because uh, you know the, the game plan when you get to that length in doesn't really become about how how are we le- legitimately going to get this baby to start sleeping. The priority is we we need to not kill each other. That's you know <laughs> what I mean because you, you're losing your patience and your temper with each other all the time because you're just sleep deprived, and and because I work away as well as you know you guys know you, you're going away to work. But like every time you leave or every time you come back, you know, she acts like you've just been on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight away you get handed the baby. Well, you've been away for three nights sleep. It's your turn now. I've been working. <laughs> oh, no, That's the problem, isn't it? We all know that our work is 20 minutes a night. Do you know what I mean? Or an hour yeah. a night. It's yeah. very difficult to say you've been working. It mm. is, but we can't help what it is, mate. We can't help that this yeah. is the only kind of skill that we've developed over an entire <laughs> yeah. lifetime. I do, I, I do remember saying to Lou once, would you prefer it if I hated my job? Yeah. <laughs> is it not into you that I enjoy it? I often think if I was an accountant, it'd be much easier for me to go upstairs now. Do you know what I mean? Be... Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'd be a prop, I'd be able to properly sell it. Like, oh, so yeah. I'm really, oh, fuck, I'm so annoyed <laughs> that I've got to go up and do these bloody spreadsheets. Yeah. But instead, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going upstairs and I'm going to uh, loosely talk about parenting for 45 minutes to a couple of comedians. <laughs> well, you are learning though, because you need your you need your 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 baby to sleep. So, what were there any major tips you can share with the audience? Chris from uh, the from the sleep trainer. When they get to the point where they can sit up, yeah, in they 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 get to a point where they can sit up, but they're unable to lie themselves back down. Right? Oh. I remember this. I mean, we're going back seven years. Well, like a tortoise when it's on week. its back. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to kind of go and put them back into bed, and every time they want you to do that, but the trick is to teach them to lie down themselves, and it involves a lot of a lot of patting on the mattress to encourage them. To um to, to lie themselves down. I'm going to say it, Chris. Has she has she said she's refusing for you to uh, give the secrets out? Because if she has, that's fine. Because the way you're doing this, I'm going straight to give her four hundred quid. 
There's no way I'm going downstairs to my wife and go, don't worry, got this sorted. Have you thought about patting the mattress? Do, do you know what though? There was there was no I remember one um, one more one like about three in the morning <laughs> and um she woke herself up and I heard her wake up and start crying and I just kind of gave it a couple of minutes and I heard this kind of flop as she flung herself. <laughs> it was the most joyous noise I've ever heard. It was just the flop of a baby. Kind of <laughs> You know, just putting themselves back to sleep. There's no, I, th- I don't think there's any more joyous noise I've ever heard, except oh. for the sound of your own child falling out of bed. You can't beat that. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's. A, I think that's the funniest noise that's ever been. You know, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's like it's like they it's like every different part of their body hits the floor at a slightly different time. It's like it's like they land on the floor five times, like just each limb. They don't even wake they- up. Because it's such a low bed and like we've got carpet and there's always normally teddies or stuff on yeah. the floor. I've yeah. sort of stopped tidying up now. I think I'll oh, break their fall. They, yeah. they just roll out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it worked, mate. But it was oh, horrific great. for the first year, so we were traumatized. Oh blimey! And but she's is she is she a like a, like well behaved kid now, or is she still difficult? Was it just a sleeping at the beginning? She's defiant, mate. She's <laughs> she's. Um, it, it, it's, it's weird because all, I mean, how, how old are your, your kids? Five and three. Right. And, and Josh? Uh, three and zero. Right. So, I, I, Josh, I don't know if, you, if you're there at the minute, but like you kind of get to the, you get to this point when they're about three, where they start exhibiting all of the kind of uh, behaviors that you would normally have associated with what, what you thought a teenager was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, like, you're like, how are you acting like, like this now? And you kind of think, well, they they just um, surely they'll just grow out of it, and they kind of grow out of the tantrums, you know, the, the where they get themselves yeah. too tired, and you you know you have to try and um, placate them, and they grow out of that. But the kind of defi- the defiance kind of stays; yeah. they just become more articulate with it, and more able to um, more able to to kind of verbalize their opposition. <laughs> <laughs> And what are you like as a dad? Are you are you are you the good guy? Are you the bad guy? Are you are you stern? I, I'm I'm quite laid back, mate. I I, I try and be the good guy, and I, I do you know what? I think I've just added kind of. I I think partly I'm quite laid back anyway, but also my wife's a psychologist, and I think I I just <laughs> went through this really long period of just I got sick of being told off that I was telling the kid off wrong, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you just don't bother at all. Oh yeah, you know when you when you you, you kind of you know well if you, you know if you don't eat your dinner you can't watch the telly and she she go well actually um, according to the evidence that that um, that threat doesn't really work with children because there's no direct cause and effect between the act of eating and the act of I was like fuck can I just not tell her she can't watch the telly <laughs> <laughs> I mean can I just not. <laughs> The nightmare, just everything you say, you know, they know best. What oh, are yeah, it's like, do you know, it'd be like, I mean, because like, obviously, she's read this shit, she's read papers and books, she's got big <laughs> fat books that you know, that like, you know, it'd be like if every time my wife made a joke, I said, Well, actually, I think you'll find that your punchline's quite ambiguous and it doesn't really directly relate to the setup, which I'm sure you do at some point. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think quite a long period of um, I just got a little bit sick of um, of, of maybe I just had it drilled out of me. You know, I wasn't being <laughs> I wasn't being academically accurate in my um, in my parenting, um, so I've just become um, quite lethargic over it. I think, mate. You just let her take the lead. Yeah, I, yeah, and um, I, I think I'm the good cop now. So um, when um, your daughter is like a baby, how hands-on could you be? Because for the listeners that don't know, you're you're blind. So yeah. how 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 much could you do or not do with the baby? Um, there's always been loads I haven't been able to, to do, you know, it, it's, I mean, as you know, there's the, the baby, you know, shits its pants <laughs> and, um, it can get anywhere, can't it? You know, I mean, I, I changed totally the nappy and I, I changed the nappy and it was, it was like of a fucking neck, you know? I mean, so like you can do you can do a lot of things, but but most of it's kind of guesswork. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you can make more of a mess than there was in the first place. You know, uh, you can end up just spreading it around more. Oh God! Did she used to hide from you as well? Was that a game she used to play? I swear you used to mention it on stage. Do you know but- what there was? There was a thing um, when she got to that point where she was mobile but not vocal. 
<laughs> where they kind of shuffle around on their ass and crawl around. She, she'd, you know, I'd be like washing the dishes or something, and she'd, like, she, she'd be somewhere, and she, she had, she seemed to go to a period where she had this one noise, and it was the noise of a baby choking to death on something. So she'd like, <laughs> oh, that is she'd, be room, oh, she'd be in the living room, and she'd just go like, <laughs> like that. And I'd like quickly <laughs> drop what I was doing, leg it over to where the noise had come from. By the time I got there, she fucked off somewhere. And I, <laughs> and I, was, I was on my hands and knees looking for this possibly choking baby who was now sat over the other side of the room just watching me on my bloody hands and knees swiping oh. around the floor. And what the hell is he doing? Um, so, yeah, it was it was very hit and miss, you know. It was, um, it was I mean, I, rem- I remember when she was... When she was, she must have been about that same age, and um, and I broke my foot, and I had my foot oh. in a cast, and oh, I felt so sorry for it. Never her. rains, but it pours for you, does it, Chris? Hey, <laughs> you did a bit of rubber the green, didn't you? I needed a little bit of extra benefit money, you know, so I um... absolutely weighed in. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, she, she, because you know. She's already a baby crawling around on the floor with a bloke who can't see where he's going, but all of a sudden he has this big bloody pendulum on the bottom of one leg now that he's swinging around the oh. living room. <laughs> um, so it's always been very hit and miss, mate. It's always been um, make, make, making the be- making the best and blundering my way through, making you know blundering my way through shit. But um, we're, we're all still here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what parenting is, isn't it? Trying your best. Yeah, it's carnage. Absolutely. And how how was lockdown? Did you do the homeschooling and, and stuff like that? Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of that one then. Any other questions, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> um, was it carnage? It, it was, yeah, yeah. It was... Because I suppose you weren't gigging, so you was probably doing the most of it while your wife was still working. Is- I was, mate. And it, it's so it's so frustrating. I mean, I don't want to go on about being blind, but it, 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 it is, you know... <laughs> It's a pain in the arse. It is a pain in the arse, you know. I try and make out that, like, you know, I'm 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 doing quite well for me, like for a blind fella, but you know, it's a (laughs) fucking arsehole, mate. Um, (laughs) um, You you can only be so put so much of a positive spin on it, can't you? But there's like so there's there's you know, kids get frustrated. My daughter is um you know, she's good with it. She's known nothing else, so she's good with it. But she yeah. still gets frustrated. So, like, for, for example, to put it into, like, a, a context, when she was younger, right, she'd um, she'd watch the telly, right? So she'd, we, she'd start off with the iPad. She was really good on the iPad. Kids can swipe an iPad before they can talk properly, right? <laughs> so she could open Netflix and she could pick, like, um, Peppa Pig. And, and you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a geek as well. I'm like, oh, she's a genius. She's a genius. Brilliant. Uh, I've got the Apple TV, right, which is like the the little box plugs into the telly, gives you the same interface, right? So like one, one day she 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 get up and she try and swipe the telly because it's the same, and you're like, oh god, she's an idiot, fucking idiot, right? <laughs> so she's get you've got to use the remote. So she she wants me to do she she well, I always had to do it for her. So she's like, I, I want the bear because she can see the icons on Netflix. I want the bear, so I don't know what the bear is, right? So. <laughs> I'm, I've got the remote and I'm moving around and it reads things out in like a bloody, um, you know, semi or right roboty kind of Alexa voice kind of thing. Oh, yeah. God, it's going to pipe up now. I've said this now. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so I'm moving around trying to find something that sounds like a bear, but she's losing her temper with me, right? Because I'm not going where she wants me to go. <laughs> pointing at it going, the bear, I want the bear, right? And then she, she knows that like if I, if she's learned that like if something's on the floor, she can put my hand on it or she can show me a dress or something like that with the frills. Look, daddy. She's kind of learned that. So she gets me and she puts it where the bear is on the telly, which doesn't help, right? It really doesn't help. <laughs> because I don't know where the I don't know where the cursor is. She doesn't know, she doesn't understand the concept of left, right, up and down. So I'm just like moving how, around this screen. How old is she? Oh, she must have been about three or four, yeah. right? Three, oh, three or something like that. So she, she's losing her temper with me because I'm going around trying to find a bear. And after a while, she goes, that one, that one, daddy, that one. And I press on it and she watches it. And I'll tell you, it had nothing to do with a bear. So <laughs> either she thought something else was a bear on the icon or she just gave up and thought, just that one will do, that one. I'll, I'll pretend he got it right just for his own. Right. So it's always been a thing where, like, the frustration, like, she can get frustrated with me. Right, because I can't see what she wants me mm. to see. 
even though she's known no different. So you, you, you jump forward to homeschooling and, and the school is sending back these, you know, things that she's got to do, which are all on handouts. And I don't know what's on the handouts. And I'm trying to picture in my head what I think <laughs> there. And she's trying to describe to me. And then she's doing things on the paper that I can't see she's doing. And I'm <laughs> oh, going, God. well, have you done it there? And she's going, no, you're not meant to do it there. You're meant to do it under there. I said, what do you mean underneath? Describe to me what you've done on the paper. And she's going, daddy, I've done it right. Just take my word for it. And I'm like, but I can't take your word for it because if you've done it wrong, I won't, I'll be teaching you to do, you know. And we're going through this. Oh. And oh, honestly, mate, oh, I mean, I'd say I got to the point of like, I think she got to the point of killing me. I think it was the other way around. <laughs> it was, it, it was, you know, it, it was hard work. And yeah, I mean, but... me and my wife, we, we decided that like she'd do the the English and the reading uh, <laughs> because, like, my daughter could have just made up any old shite with me, couldn't she? <laughs> and 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 she'd do the art as well because I draw with my daughter, but uh, you know, I mean, I. A, a drawing's better than mine. I can't stay in the lines. So she, she does, my wife would do the art with her, the English. I do the maths. I, I was doing the, the, the maths and yeah. the kind of, you know, go out and do pogo and stuff like that in the garden. So I, I was in charge of PE and maths. But the maths, even like when you're trying to do things on the on the paper with little drawings and, you know, it, I, I, oh, the kids so these tough. days are learning things so much. I don't remember being that age and having homework, right? I mean, because right. even now she's back in school, she's got homework. I don't remember doing homework at the age of seven. And then she's doing fractions, fractions. I don't remember doing fractions at the age of seven. I don't I don't know whether things have changed since I, I was a kid, but um, it, 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 it seems to be that they're learning harder things yeah. than I did in Liverpool in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a lot of hard learning in Liverpool in the 80s though, Chris. But that, <laughs> that was mainly from Maggie Thatcher. <laughs> Well, what's it, what's it like having a southerner, though, as a kid? I always ask. I always find this interesting because you're a very proud Scouse, a Liverpool oh, fan. Mate, You've got always, a little, little posh English kid. Always correcting me, mate. Always <laughs> correcting me English. You know, get, it's time for you to get your bath. It's not a bath, Daddy. It's a bath. Oh, I thought you said... I mean, I thought you said bats then. I was like... <laughs> so I'd have, I'd have had problems with that one. Uh, yeah, do you, want, do you want a glass of water? It's a glass, Daddy. It's a, it's a, oh, it's a glass. Um, oh, what was the thing she said to me? Um, Oh, she goes, uh, <laughs> she goes, um, she was really excited when I came on one day and she'd been out with my wife and she goes, um, look, look what I, look what, look what I buy in the shop, daddy. <laughs> right? And I said, I goes, um, I, I said, it's not, it's not bide, sweetheart, it's bought. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, it might be bought in Liverpool, but it's bide in London, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really appreciate your confidence in that, sweetheart. I, but it, it's honestly not. It's honestly not. You, you know. Have you um? Have you taken her back to Liverpool? Yes, mate. Yeah. And what does she make of it? I mean, it's a lovely city now, Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah, Liverpool, Sam. It, 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 it's 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 um vastly different to what I remember. Um, so much like development work and all up, up there, and um, it, it's it's sound. Yeah, so we we go back. As, well, we didn't go back, obviously, through the whole lockdown. We went back at the beginning of June for the first time since February before. So um, we hadn't been up there for for a while. But, you know, it's whenever we go back up with me, me I'll tell you this, actually. When, when, whenever we go back up like with my wife, we go in the car. And um, my wife obviously has to do everything. Like so, she, I, I do the packing, the packing the car, yeah. right? I'm, I'm, that's me domain, right? You don't because, drive? <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? Obviously, my wife, my wife drives. Yeah, it's right? actually very modern now. Women drive, Josh. Okay, so Chris is just taking a really sort of chilled out approach. I walk in front of the car with a flag, uh, <laughs> and um, no, so me, me, um, me, she, she drives. But whenever we stop along the way, my wife has to do everything. So, like, if we, if we go to the uh, the petrol station to, you know, to get food, or we got to stop for the toilet, she's in charge of everything, right? Oh, because yeah. I, I, I can't. So, it, it's a lot on my wife. Um, so I try and control what I can control. So the packing the car, that, that's my domain. I, um, if anyone comes near when I'm packing that, you know, because I, 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 I used to be able to see, right? And when I was a kid brilliant at Tetris and those skills really come into their own when you're <laughs> packing a car. I'm very good at it, right? So um 
that, that's the bit I do. And that, that's when my responsibility kind of, but my daughter doesn't see me doing that, right? But I feel like I've done me bit. Yeah. So we went to Liverpool. She must have been about four at this point. And we drove up and it was horrific, right? The roads were closed. It took us eight hours to get to Liverpool. Oh. Should have been about four. And we had to stop a couple of times along the way. Um, get food that we didn't have because it was longer than we thought. Toilet breaks. We 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 daughter lost the plot as we got up to Liverpool, like literally meltdown. Which is fair enough. It was eight hours, and um, we arrived in Liverpool, and um, she was missing a shoe. No idea what happened to the shoe. We don't know if that went out the window or whether it was dropped on a verge, or because there was a point when my wife had to pull over on a verge, get her out, and and you know let her do a wee on the on the verge, and, and you know, oh, so it's all down to my wife. So we we got to Liverpool. And when we'd all calmed down, I said to my daughter, I goes, um, I goes, well done. I said, you were very good. It was a horrible journey. All the roads were closed and you did really, really well. So well well done you. And I said, uh, and she goes, and, and well done, mummy, for driving. I said, yeah, well done, mummy, for driving because she, you know, she did all the driving and she did, she got the dinner and she she did everything. So well done, mummy, for driving. And she goes to me, and, and well done, daddy, for sitting down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. It's made, it's like a four-year-old and make you feel like a piece of shit. Oh. <laughs> you said that. Uh... I did the packing. You didn't see that, did you? You said that um, you used to be able to see. So in your head, do you have an image of what your daughter looks like? And like, how does that work? Sorry, is that... A... A weird question. Yeah. No, it's it's weird, mate. It's um, it's 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 weird. So like, yeah, I do, but it's not like a photo, you know. Mm. It's more like a an idea, you know. It's it's hard to. It's like even people I've seen. I I can't really. I don't know whether I remember what they look like or what I think I remember they look like. It's it's quite complicated to explain. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like your 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 memories kind of fade over time as well, and. It'd be, you know, I don't know whether I remember me dad looking like me dad or whether I'm just kind of remembering what I think he looked like, you know, yeah, you know, red, yeah. red faced scouse fella with a moustache. You know, <laughs> he hasn't had the moustache since the 80s, but it's it stereotypical, actually, Chris. I think that's a bit unfair. You can't just, you can't just stereotype scousers like that these days, right? <laughs> I'm not stereotyping scousers when my dad definitely does that's have a red exactly face in all, like. all photographs, every single. <laughs> There's something about the flash of an old old camera that brings out the redness in my dad's face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, it, it's 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 hard to, it, it you know it, it's hard to say, but you, you kind of have an idea in your head, you don't you? Yeah. I remember when we did. I first met you on the comedy circuit, Chris, and I had an opening joke where I listed all the people that I look yeah, like. I, I loved it, mate. <laughs> You used to say it's your favourite joke just because you imagine trying to just work out what it was oh, I looked yeah. like. I imagine I imagine it being almost like that episode of Red Dwarf with the fella that's with all the different people combined and the face <laughs> flickers between them all. You know, yeah. le- Legion, I think it was, yeah. <laughs> it was called. Um, I, the only one I remember is Willow. <laughs> I've got a very large mouth, Chris. <laughs> uh, Willow from um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, wasn't it? No, no, um, no, no, Willow. no, Willow from Willow. Yeah, from right. Willow. Oh, was it? Or I was the wrong Willow. <laughs> <laughs> all this time, you've got the joke wrong. Oh, my, all this time, I only remember one person in the list, and it was the wrong Willow. There's only two Willows in the world. <laughs> oh, three. We the, the wisp. The wisp. Oh yeah, Willow the girl. <laughs> Oh dear! And um, when your daughter grows up, what do you, do you want her to be—a comedian, psychologist? What would you prefer? Or are you not bothered? Um, c- certainly not a comedian, mate. <laughs> it's um, it's, it's soul destroying, isn't it? I think. But if you're a comedian, you're broken, and then over time, as a comedian, you either learn how to heal, or it all gets worse. <laughs> I yeah. think that's yeah. That's I've, met a, I've met a lot of comedians that uh, where well, you go, it got worse for you. <laughs> And a lot of them, Rob, a lot of them are very successful people. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, personally, the life's an absolute mess. But on stage, they're ripping it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my wife, my wife says, like, my, my wife's from Brazil and she's all, you know, she's she's kind of Latin-blooded, very emotional, in touch with, her, you know, emotions and, you know, very open with all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just closed off. I'm like a... I'm, I'm like some kind of Chernobyl site that's been concreted over, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I, 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 and I partly put it down to a, a life of, 
you know, I, 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 I try and play on the, um, you know, the hardship of, um, of my life kind of thing, a, a lifetime of losing my eyesight. I've learned to just put the brush things under the carpet and, um, you know, take a deep breath and carry on in the, in the face of frustration. But also half of it, I think it's just being a comedian and <laughs> just yeah. dying on your ass horrifically in front of rooms and, <laughs> yeah. and, um, you, you know what I mean? Seven Edinburgh festivals have just, you know, yeah. st- you, you know, being in a in a porter cabin in front of five people on a Tuesday night, dying on your ass, and you, you just learn to put a, a lid on it, don't you? Hundred percent. Well, the things I'd say about you, Chris, I've seen your sort of stand up shows and stuff, and obviously you do you talk about being blind in it, uh, uh, like in parts. But you're, I'd say, you're a comedian before that comedian that can't see. Do you know what I mean? Hundred yeah. percent. Where there's a lot of people that would that could just be their one joke or their one angle, whatever. But yeah. you're a comedian, and that's part of the same way as I'm a comedian that's from South East London that forms part of what I'll talk about, or it's sort of an, a part of what, who you are, not the whole act. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've seen the stuff. You've got you're, you're back on tour in is it April? Yes, next mate. Year? You've got um. Oh, it's a great. Tell us the tour title. It's a great title. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, the tour title is Speaky Blinder, right? <laughs> now. Obviously, it's Peaky Blinders with the S off the end and stuck it on the beginning. Now, I'll be honest, I fucking hate the title, mate. I oh, I can't stand it. I can't stand it, right? And and the reason being is, first of all, I didn't want a pun. Um, I, I didn't want something off a film or a TV thing. And um, and, and Justin Morehouse, just, Justin Morehouse, comedian Justin Morehouse, who's from Manchester, he's, he's, just, he's great, isn't he? He phoned me up one day and he goes, hey, hey I've got... Um, I've got a title for you for your new, for your new show. I said, "What is it?" He goes, "You're not gonna like it." <laughs> <laughs> and he told me, and I, I said, oh, "Okay, Sam." And I made the mistake of um, telling my agent and um, and and the, the tour producer, and they loved it. And I, <laughs> I think it's I said, good. And they yeah, said, really "They good. said, well, if you can come up with something better, <laughs> then um, you can change it." And I came, I came up with loads, mate. And I, and <laughs> what ones got? What ones got rejected? Oh, I can't. I, th- I wanted to call it donuts. <laughs> donuts. Are you going upset? <laughs> I wanted to call it donuts. <laughs> Big photo of a scone. I had some. I had some. I had some. Um, I had some stand-up. I, uh... <laughs> that would be the subtle blind reference, wouldn't yeah. it, mate? The poster oh, bless would be him, bless him. The poster would be you eating loads of scones and then they'd say donuts yeah. below it. I mean, that would be extremely clever. I'm not sure how many people would get it. But, um, yeah, that but is funny. I, I, I do you know what? I, I thought donuts, because it's, it's just a fun word. I had a, a huge bit of material about donuts, right? <laughs> and, um, and as it turns out, that material never made the cut. Oh, the so classic. It's a good job. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, we ended up sticking with the title. Um, but the, the, as you say, like when I started off doing stand-up, I, I'm, a, I'm a stand-up fan, and um, and as you say, people, you know, there's nothing more boring than listening to the fat fella doing fat jokes for 20 minutes or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah, the one yeah. thing it, it becomes boring, becomes predictable, and so I never wanted to do that. And when I, when I first started off, um, I'd, I'd make a joke at the beginning because I had to, and then I literally wouldn't mention it again for 20 yeah. minutes, and and not not at all. And I, I was so defiant in that. Um, because I, I think the idea was I wanted to make people forget and challenge people's preconceptions mm. by not talking about it at all. But also, I didn't really have anything original to say apart from the obvious uh, didn't see it kind of joke. Yeah. Um, but as I've got older and maybe a little bit more comfortable in myself, and I, I think especially with um, you know becoming a dad, I've, I've I've ended up with a few more original things to talk about, and um, because everyone can relate to being a parent, yeah. I always swore I wouldn't be the parent comedian on stage <laughs> just doing parent shit. Me too, Chris. <laughs> Me too. Look at us Literally, now. what have we? What's become of the three of us? It's pathetic. I, I used to have a line. I'd say <laughs> I used to have a line. I'd say when my daughter was about two, and uh, I'd be I'd be talking about being a dad, and I'd say uh, I'd say I I always swore I wouldn't be that comedian on stage just talking about being a dad. But I've realised that I either tell you about this now or we talk about stuff that happened three years ago when I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but as I, you know, as I, as I talk about the, this, this stuff, I, I do have more original things to say, mm. but, but things that everyone can relate to. But, um, but, 
that have maybe just got a little bit of a twist on them. Do you know what yeah, I mean? No, so you're, you're, I'd say you're, 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 you know, it's an anecdote to an observational comedian that happens to be blind that obviously yeah. comes up in it because in all your in all your stories you're still blind. You can't change that. But yeah, um, do you know, you're brilliant, do you know what mate. I used I to love? Do you know what I used to love is Eddie Izzard, right? And the first time I saw Eddie Izzard, I saw I was in um, Woolworths and he had a it was definite article and he was all I could I could see you know still a bit by then and he was dressed all like flamboyant on the front and um, it was like the number one selling video and I'd never heard of him and I bought it and I put it on and he you know he came out dressed all up and I, I thought I, I had a, an image an idea of what I thought it was going to be mm. and it wasn't and he he talked about being a transvestite for five or ten minutes. And and it and it left you wanting to know more, and it left you interested, and it it kind of defied what I what I thought it was going to be, and I think that's kind of like what I, I try and do. Oh, I think you know that's what I mean. Summed up perfectly, exactly that. Yeah. And then you're, you're well, wearing a dress now, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're all over the place. You can get tickets on chrismacausland.com starting yes. from Milton Keynes next April and it goes through. We've got all over, up to Edinburgh, Crew, Warrington, then in Guildford, London, Leicester Square, Fear, South End, everywhere, tweaking them all over the place. So definitely go and see Chris. Uh, he's a brilliant stand up. Will you like, how does that work with uh, your family and stuff when you're on tour? Do you stay away a lot? Like, has it affected your the way you approach going away to work? No, do you know, um, I mean, as I'm sure you, you, you know, the circuit's changed a lot you know, over the last 10 years. And so whereas part of being on the circuit would have been, you know, you're away three weekends a month, Thursday through Sunday or whatever. Um, th- there's a lot more piecing together weekends these days of a, a night here, a night there. Do you know what I mean? So th- mm. th- there's just naturally on the circuit these days, a lot more going and doing a gig and coming on than they used to be. Um, but when, when I'm on tour, you know, if, it, if it's within three hours, um, I'll, I'll I'll get home. I, I have so many drives who I pay to do the drive, and so if it's in three hours, we'll. I'm and I'm not working further the other way the next yeah. day. You know, we we tend to go and do it and come back. Oh, nice. And start again the next day, and um, and they get woke up at six a.m. by your daughter screaming in your face. That's normally what happens to me. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. And and the, the the least people that know me that come and see me on tour, the better, because I, I I I can't stand having people in the room that I know. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I don't mean strangers that have seen me on the telly. If you've seen me on the telly, come and see me. But if I know you personally from my past, but please don't tell me you, you've got tickets and you're coming to see me. Because... Yeah, just, <laughs> come and watch, but don't tell you in yeah. in, in, in advance. Because all I can think of is your big stupid face in my head while I'm on. <laughs> Well, that must be that must be difficult because, like, when in when like I'm doing gigs, and if there's one person I can see that isn't enjoying it and has the ump, I focus on them massively, even if everyone else is enjoying it. But if you can't see anyone in your own head, it must be well really difficult to fight that sort of negativity that everyone has about their own performance. Do, do yeah, you find that tough? The, the swings and roundabouts, mate. So I can't see the grumpy fella in the yeah. front staring at me. Um, but also, if you're smiling, you are literally no use to me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Unless you are verbally laughing out loud, I think you hate me. So yeah. I, I've, I've done gigs where, like, I've come off and gone, God, that was hard. And someone said to me, they were all smiling. Well, that doesn't fucking help. <laughs> have you done that? Have you done that in your show, Chris? You've got to mention that. I've, at the I've start. done it. So I, I kind of use it as a um, whenever I'm previewing. So whenever I'm doing something where I know that half of the show is going to be shit, yeah. right? I, I say to the audience, like, some of this won't be funny. Don't feel you've got to laugh at it. But if you do find it funny, please laugh out loud because smilers are no good to me. So I'll try and guilt yeah. them into laughing at the bits that are, oh, yeah. are, are, are funny. Has your daughter come to see you? No. I'll tell you this, right? She, um, she's only seen me do one bit of stand-up. And... Um, so on um on on Apollo um the first time I done Apollo I told this story on there about my daughter doing a poo in the bath and um handing it to me out <laughs> the bath right so oh god I can't barely remember how it goes but she but the gist is she hands me this poo and she goes what's this daddy ice cream right <laughs> and and I had to give it a sniff to <laughs> see what it was right and and so the joke then is I kind of play it through in her head about how she, what what the, her game plan was. Did she know like she's like she said to one of her toys, "Hey, watch this, watch this." I bet you I can get him to sniff it, right? <laughs> right. So that that's kind of how I played the bit of material. So my my wife showed me daughter that bit of material, and it's the only bit of my stand up she's ever seen. But she thinks that that's all I do. 
right? <laughs> so whenever I go to a gig, she's like, are you going to tell them about me doing the poo in the bath, daddy? That, that's that's what Uh-oh. that's all she thinks I do is I go to work and I tell people that she did a, 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 a shit in the bath, you know? And, uh, so, and she knows now she's getting to the age where she equates me working with earning money to pay for us to do things. And, and so she must be thinking, do you know what? Thank God I did that shit in the bath. Otherwise, we'd be fucked. You know, if I, yeah. <laughs> oh, do you know, if, if I hadn't done that poo in the bath, like we'd be on the bones of our ass at the moment because he, he literally he wouldn't have a job. He wouldn't have a job. <laughs> Should just do another one, right? I think you need some new materials. I'm going to piss on you now. <laughs> but that's the that's the only bit she's seen anyway. Is no, that, yeah. Well, Chris, we always finish uh, with the same question. It's Crosby's Law. Um, in honour of Matt Crosby when he sort of ranting about his partner and um, the way they parent. Is there, is there something that your wife does with the, with your child that frustrates you a little bit and you don't think it's the best bit of parenting, but you can't say anything or it'll turn into a row and this is your opportunity to get it off your chest in, in case she listened and, uh, and would think, mm, that's a fair point, Chris. Okay, well, first of all, sh- she won't listen. Um... <laughs> That means this marriage is going to last a long time, in my experience. She's, um, she, she's not anywhere near the point in our relationship where she she seeks out extra me. <laughs> <laughs> I, she, you know, I don't think she's ever sat there and gone, "Oh, God, he's been out the house all day. I need to find something with him in to listen to." <laughs> um, I, you know, I mentioned. I mean, one of the things I mentioned early, it, it, it's it's the it's the over sizing, if that's even a word, of of the whole process, the the, the removal of being able to just try and parent instinctively yep. on your gut feeling without it having to equate to a, a study that Higgs and Dyson um, did in 1978 about the effects of. <laughs> Of um, the, the naughty step on children between the ages, you know what I mean? That's all yeah. of that, all of that crap. All, also, on a very simple level, she she lets her watch films. She lets her start a film too late in the evening, mate. Oh, right? and when you work evenings, right? When you're out of an evening, <laughs> and um, and you get back, or or, or or like when you when you're out of an evening, you've got a night off, right? Um, if I've got a night off on a on a on a, a Sunday or a Saturday. And and I get to like seven o'clock and I'm like, well, you can watch an episode or something and then, you know, get your bath and go to bed. And my wife's like, well, it depends. What, what film do you want to watch? And I'm like, but they're, they're, she won't be finished that till half eight. <laughs> By the time I get her in bed, it's going to be half past nine. I'll be tired at 10. I'll get tired at 10 these days. I've got no evening left. And then I can just see my only kind of weekend night off in a, in a month just drifting away from me and i start trying to like edge my daughter towards oh, well watch watch tinkerbell because it's like an hour five you know what i mean yeah and then when my wife starts looking through the pixar films i'm like there isn't a pixar film that's under an hour 40 you can't be there <laughs> um so yeah I'd, I'd i'd say that because my wife's you know she doesn't work evenings so so the evenings aren't as precious to her yeah fair when enough I, when i see her just flogging mine down the river lord um, of the rings put on oh <laughs> you like boats about titanic what was that um, yeah. Chris, thank you so Chris, much. It's been excellent. Amazing. And we'll definitely make sure all our listeners follow you on Instagram and Twitter and come and see your show, Speaky Blind Art, starting in Milton Keynes next April. Cheers, mate. You've been yeah. brilliant. Mate, Cheers, you, Chris. You guys are absolutely smashing it, man. And um, I'll catch you soon. All right. Cheers, Chris, bro. Chris, Thank Cheers, you. Bye bye. Chris McCausland there. Absolutely brilliant. Love that. Such a good comedian. I love Chris McCausland. I think brilliant. he's one of the most underrated comedians in the country, you know? Yeah. I think he's amazing. So good. He's so good. He's so naturally funny. He's a laugh. His stuff about, he's just a funny bloke, isn't he? The stuff about him going to Brazil to visit his in-laws is so funny. I've heard that. He's, he's got a really funny routine when he talks about how hot it was because he's quite, he's quite fair and yeah, he's a bit is. like, you know, a very fair, bit Irishy, isn't he? I think he's got Irish, um, Irish right. roots. And um, he said how hot it was when he got there. And she went, what, how hot is it? And he went, she was like, oh, it's 28 degrees. He went, oh, God, okay, I think I can manage this. And then he, then he, he didn't realise he got there, it was 1am. Because he <laughs> couldn't see that it was dark. <laughs> he's so good. I'm, I'm, he's definitely worth going to watch. Yeah, he's brilliant. Absolutely um, brilliant. Thank you to him. Also really interesting, like, just to get different viewpoints on things People, you know, well, viewpoints was a bad choice of yeah, words. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I stumbled through the sentence. 
<laughs> he panicked. Josh was talking. After 12 years or whatever it is, I think you'd be able to talk about someone's disability, wouldn't you, after the last I leg? I think so, wouldn't you? I, I thought it was interesting when Chris McCausland said that, you know, he tries not to make that central to his act. And I thought, I can think of a couple of people you could have a word with Chris, <laughs> give a few tips to. Yeah, there's a, there's a show I think you should go and watch, guys. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, but he's a, you know what's good about that as well? If you are like, you know, people want to have children, have got disabilities. And I know I'm messing about with Alex, but I think it's so inspiring people like Alex and Chris to share their stories yeah. of, you know, it isn't perfect. It is difficult. And it's sometimes tougher in certain regards when you, you've got different disabilities looking after kids and that. But it is possible. It's just it's more tricky. You need a good sort of support network totally. around you and stuff. But, you know, it's... Um, he loves his daughter so much. He's always talking yeah. about her and stuff at gigs and that. And so, yeah, it's, it's lovely to, to see that because, you know, he lost his sight when he was a bit older as well. So some people, you know, listen to this, that, you know, are losing their sight. I have lost their sight and maybe think, oh, could I be a parent? Could I do this? Could I do that? You definitely can. And Chris is a great example of that, of someone who's sort of really su- sort of succeeding and all that, even though it's got his, his challenges. So I think it's great people talking about that kind of stuff, you know, because people can be a bit British and awkward about it. Totally agree. You know, while you've got your site, do check out how much Rob looks like Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah. Every time he used to do that, he'd go, I don't know what the fuck you look like, mate, but that cracks me up, all those look-alike. <laughs> um, right, well, well, we'll be back on Tuesday with another um, catch-up episode and then more guests next week. We'll see you then. Bye. Hello, I'm Sean Walsh. And I'm Paul McCaffrey. And we're here to tell you that our podcast, What's Upset You Now, is back for a brand new series. Now, I know what you're thinking. Do I have time in my life for another comedian-hosted podcast with my busy schedule? Well, in most cases, no. But here's why What's Upset You Now is different. Each week, we ask ourselves and a guest, What's Upset You Now? And we spend exactly 15 minutes discussing and ranting about the frustrations and idiocies of everyday life. Anything from a bus driver wanting the exact change. To those people doing yoga in the park. And quite often, just simply each other. Yeah, it's basically anything and everyone. It's the podcast equivalent of being in the pub with your two funny mates, putting the world to rights. Yeah, at 2am, so do expect shouting. Listen to What's Upset You Now, available on all podcast platforms. Hello, I'm John Richardson. And I'm Matt Ford. We are comedians, best friends, and we're both football mad. And with the new season just around the corner, we'll be spending more time than we'd like to admit playing Fantasy Premier League. There's nothing we love more than competing against each other in our own league. So, in order to justify our FPL addiction, we've set up a brand new weekly podcast called Comedians Playing Fantasy Premier League. And it's not just us. Each week, we'll follow a group of comedians competing in the world's most competitive game. Buying for top spot, we'll be amongst others Rob Beckett, Russell Howard, Ramesh Ranganathan, Josh Widdicombe, Maisie Adam and Richard Osman. Plus they'll be joined by a recurring roster of special guests from now until the end of the season. And each week there'll be prizes, forfeits and lots of interaction with you. Yes, you, our soon-to-be hopelessly obsessed listeners. There'll no doubt be lots of competition between myself and Matt and we will look back at the week in football and discuss how events off the pitch might affect your selections. Our first episode is available to download from the 11th of August from all the usual podcasting platforms. So please like, subscribe and share. You can also follow us on Twitter for extra content throughout the week and to also keep up to date on the standings of the Comedians League. And that's at Comedians FBL. See you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>